Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. This week, Sean and I are discussing 5S strategies, what 5S is, and how to implement it. So with that, let's start the show. So Sean, how are you doing today? Good, Les, how are you? I'm doing fine. Back for another uh, episode of uh, Man vs. Business. So um, today, we're going to dive a little deep on a um, kind of a topic that uh, needs to be handled kind of early in your quality journey, I would say. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to discuss 5S. We're going to discuss the strategy, um, kind of... Uh, uh, what it is, how you use it, why you're using it, and those kind of things. So, well, and I think you know, just to expand on your your comment there. Uh-huh. Well, the first things you do when you're in your lean journey, um, you, you do, in my opinion, yeah, you, you want to go after five S because it's simple, you know, it's clear, and there is an obvious result from yep. everybody's efforts. And it kind of right? so that's good. And it kind of makes uh, sense to go into five S. You know, as you know, last week we talked about. Um, uh, low-hanging fruit, 5S is kind of the natural progression uh, from after you've kind of dealt with some of that five, low-hanging fruit and kind of done some really quick wins. 5S is kind of a natural progression into starting to get more people involved in the process, pull them into the process, and do some things that really drive some change, especially cultural change. So I think uh, one of the things that I want to really point out as kind of an overlying topic to this particular topic is this one, 5S, really helps to start mold and change the culture. So, Mm -hmm. Right, and and, uh, I think you touched on a good point there. The quick wins and the low-hanging fruit, few people are involved, right? That's why we we are able to get them done fast. A decision is made and something is done. Exactly. But really to to have ingrained process improvement, have that mentality in your organization. You need to have the people in your organization be have buy-in and, and participate in making that change. And 5S is a great way to start. So I think the first thing we should do is kind of uh, define what exactly 5S is from a, from a broad perspective. And then we'll get into the, each of the five items and kind of define each one of those. But what would be your definition from a 5S overarching definition? Do you have one in mind? Well, an overarching definition rather than just listing out the five S's. That exactly. Are, yeah, don't you know, do okay, that. So that. Yeah, that, that's an easy answer. They yeah. List out the five <laughs> S's. Um, but the overarching uh, definition in, in, I don't know if you're looking for a goal in, in, uh, in why you would do 5S, but it's, it's an organizational tool to lean out certain processes. Okay. Ultimately, all of your processes. Well, and I think that it's also, uh, to add to that, I think um, you can kind of use it as as a workplace organizational tool, uh, a way of kind of managing your environment and making your environment more productive. Mm-hmm. I think that, that if you kind of looked at why you're doing 5S as a whole, you're trying to make it visual and you're trying to make it more productive. Yeah. That's why I, I – and I do use the word lean all the time. 
um, and maybe maybe to my detriment because not everybody is thinking it the same way I am. When when I speak of lean, to me that is getting rid of waste. Yeah. So, and and I mean, I, everybody knows that that's what the definition is. I was getting ready to say that is the definition of yeah of the lean yeah, so, tool. But, but, the, but the thing is, if if um, if you talk to people about leaning out a process, I think they I think they understand it. Yeah. Um, and five S five S does lean out your processes because you know those S's really mean you know certain activities that take place in order to increase. And I hate using the word increase productivity all the time. Productivity is a byproduct of a better work environment. Right. So I think that like any any other um, continuous improvement activity or function. Um, 5S is merely a framework uh, to, to take an area or a part of your process and turn it into an environment where it's extremely functional and extremely vis- visual. So the 5S's are just that. It's a framework for supporting that. And I think the reason that 5S is such a good early tool to adopt and, and realize it is just another tool in the toolbox, but it's a good tool to adopt early because it's easy. It's very simple for people to take to grasp and to understand and take hold of. And you're going to hear me say this a lot. It helps with starting to change the culture mm-hmm. uh, because it is so easy. Right. So okay, you know what though? Well, well, yeah. All right, maybe go ahead. Go ahead. But I think I think uh, it's time. We're, we're a couple minutes into this podcast, and just in case people are like, "What the heck is five S?" Yeah, you know, we should... <laughs> I, I was just getting ready to go there. Yeah, so <laughs> we've been talking about it. Let's 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 define them. Yep. So so I'm going to say the um, the English word, and you're going to give the Japanese word, and then we'll say the definition. How's okay. that? Because you're Sounds good. At, you're good at the Japanese word. It's okay, that we'll it's that Irish in you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Multilingual. So the first one is sort. Which is Sierra. Sierra, okay. So in sort, um, your your main steps are that you are basically trying to sort out what's not needed in the environment, right? Right. Well, and, and here's and here's something from a practical standpoint since we're going through it here. Right. So if it's in if it's in an area that you're starting, and we'll talk about you know where you start and how do you start, but if it's in your area. It's not needed maybe in your area, but it might be needed someplace else. Could be. Very good. Okay. So let's, let's not say everything that we're talking about here is junk. Yeah. And, and, and really, when, during that sorting process, you are tagging things. You are setting things into a, a, a zone, potentially, that you need to reevaluate or you need to sell or mm-hmm. you need to uh, put in some sort of storage. So you've got to evaluate it when you're sorting it out. But you're basically trying to, in that first stage, you're trying to go through the area and figure out what's truly needed in the area to be productive. So the next one is straighten. Seitan. Okay, say that again. Seitan. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, um, not that good. I don't know. So this is where you're arranging the items um, as they're needed so that um, – you're trying to make the area efficient. You know, I always think of this step as the efficiency step. You know, instead of having the the airline over here, maybe it's best over here so the person doesn't have to walk. But you're trying to straighten things up to where they're efficient. 
Right. Every, and everything's got a place. Yes. That's, uh, that's what I, I have. You know, this is where, and, and anybody that's listening, if you go into some place that does have a lean program and you see a, a shadow board or a pegboard with, you know, the outline of, of a tool or even a clipboard. Hey, this is where the, you know, incoming inspection clipboard goes. You know, that's, that's what the set in order, uh, orderliness step is in 5S. So the next one is shine. Say so. So in this step, you're actually cleaning uh, the workplace. And I, I've heard this one uh, said in that you're trying to clean to inspect. So you're actually trying to set the environment up to where it's inspection ready. So it's not just a matter of just shining. I, the examples that I've heard is you're trying to find the root cause of cleanliness issues. So don't just clean up the oil. Mm-hmm. Figure out where the oil is coming from and see if you can come up with a way to not have oil. You yeah. know, it's those types of things. So you're trying to dig a little deeper in this in this shine aspect. And the analogy that I've always used is, um, you know, I mow my own lawn. And I know a lot of people that hire somebody for whatever, $25 a week to, hire, to, to mow their lawn and they don't have to worry about it. But the reason that I mow my lawn is I can inspect my foundation. I can inspect, inspect the, the trees and I can inspect everything around my yard so that if anything has to be addressed and fixed, I can fix it. You know, I'm not necessarily shining, but it's the activity of, of, of uh, cleaning up the yard and doing it yourself allows you to have that mentality of, hey, well, you know, I see a crack in the foundation. Should that be fixed? Should it not be fixed? Why is it? The crack in the foundation, you know. So am I not watering? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's there's um, reason to do things yourself, and and this step is, I think, a good one to not, like you say, not just clean, but to find out why there is dirt or debris or items. Um, here's another interesting, you know, side bit. I was at a company yesterday, and they they had gone through this, and they had they had. Uh, uh, an area that they five asked, and next thing you know, there's a refrigerator in a in a staging area, an old refrigerator. Huh. And so, yeah, so it was interesting, and it's obviously out of place. And so they were able to say, "Hey, how did this get here, and why?" You know, they weren't cleaning, but they were you know walking by, and you can see, "Hey, this is out of place." And it just so happens that somebody was not clear in their in their communication. Hey, yeah, you can bring that refrigerator in to be recycled. It should have gone farther to say, hey, put it in this area, but the person just dropped it off in the middle of you know, a clean area. But the thing is, when something's out of place, everybody knows about it. That's right. Yep, it's very easy to spot. Mm-hmm. So the next one is standardize. What's the word? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, seiketsu. 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 So in this particular step, this is where you're actually taking the first three items that we talked about and you're trying to set the condition and standardize the procedures. So you're trying to um, make sure that it doesn't fall back into its old state. That's the way I think of this one. Yeah, standardizing. I mean, we, we had, we, we had uh, step two was the set in order. So, so if, you stay, if you set things in order but you have a standard tool and a, and a standard process, uh-huh. Then, then it's easier. They complement each other. Yeah, that's where I've always looked at it. Yeah. So then, and then the last one is sustain. So this yeah. is where you set the rules. What's the word right. for this one? Shitsuki. Shitsuki. Um, this is where you're actually setting the rules 
uh, you're continuing on with that standardization uh, with this one, uh, but you're making sure everybody knows it. Making sure everybody understands now that you've kind of set this area, you know, what's the expectations? So uh, in our particular area, I know that uh, we write uh, standard work. So in this standard work, it describes what should be done daily in this area, what should be done weekly, what should be done quarterly uh, for that particular area that we've set up. Who's responsible for it? You know, how are they measured? Things like mm-hmm. that. So that standard work defines all that. So it's very clear. And there's an owner, you know, so. Is it an owner of an area or an owner of a process? Would, would, in, in this particular situation, we, so kind of to circle back around, um, I'm, I'm going to answer that question here in just a second. To circle back around, I think that when you're tackling 5S, do you want to tackle the whole, sh- let's say in, in this case, you're working in a shop environment, a large shop environment. Do you want to just say, let's 5S the whole shop? If that's, if that's a question to me, my answer would be no. And that would be my answer also. That would be unrealistic. I so think so. I think, I think the best way to tackle this is to actually break your areas up into zones or sections or whatever you want to call it where it makes sense and tackle something where you can get a win, a completion of a 5S project. Um, and so what we did in our particular case was we actually defined uh, early on, we defined so- zones throughout our whole shop and we assigned each of those zones to people. So that, you know, that there, we've got an area where it's just cleaning and supplies and that zone is owned by somebody and there is standard work that tells them how to manage that zone. Um, but the first thing we did was we went in and did a 5S to define and, and clean up and, and set up that area where we, you know, made it very visual. We added labels. Um, we, you know, made sure that there was part numbers if needed. Uh, made sure that if there was any equipment in there, we did, you know, TPM to those, those pieces of equipment, which is a topic for another day. Uh, TPM is total productive maintenance, but we went in there and, and really cleaned up that equipment, uh, and then we made sure it was clear as to how to manage that equipment. Um, and we went through that whole process in, in quite a few zones. I think out of the 14 zones we have defined, we've got about nine of them complete. We're, we're working on eight. Time. We're working on eight and nine right now. So the amount of time it's taken us to do those has been about. In about five months, yeah, to okay. to complete those, we started, you know, in probably in uh, June time frame, June, March, April, May, May, June time time frame somewhere in there. So I think that um, you know, making those areas smaller to tackle, uh, I think it gives you a better chance of success and ensuring. Now I have seen. I have seen already where at times those zones kind of start to fall back towards a little bit of chaos. Okay. But it's now easier to manage, maintain, and fix Mm -hmm. because you know who owns it. You know what the expectation is. It's a discussion now. Yeah. Why? It's not not an education. No, it's not. It's, it's now, it's now a discussion. So, you know, why is this headed that way? All right, so here's a couple of uh, points that maybe we, it'd be good to go down the path. So I, okay. I asked how long did it take. 
it, t- and it took you it took you about five months to get those zones and I think it's reasonable to, to think that it's going to take anywhere from six to 12 months Agreed. to to do a, a 5S project, regardless of the size. I mean, if you're going to do you know a, a monster Fortune 500 company and thinking you're going to do the whole thing in a year, that's not going to happen. But anyway, a reasonable group of departments even. So taking this even out of manufacturing, you can, you can do a 5S project on, on an engineering company, on a hospital. Um, you know, any, any, any place that has documentation, you know, so there's, there's, there's ways to do these same five S's in many different industries. I will say that it is much easier. I have found to, uh, do a five S on tangible physical things as opposed to, you know, non-tangible things like, you know, electronic documents, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people's, you know, uh, desks, which are physical, but you know it's not as easy to 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 do five S in people's areas as much as it is to do five S in areas that are very neutral. You know? But you can five S a process. You don't necessarily have to five S you know the physical person. I, and I, I do understand that. I've known people that had stacks of paper on their desk, and they knew exactly what they needed to get in whatever pile, which is remarkable. But but you can you can five S processes in these other non-tangible or i should say non-shop environments right all right so that's so that's that's timing and and we can discuss more on timing if uh if we think it's it's needed um doing it slowly and right is better than doing it fast and and not having it stick agree and i think that one of the first things we need to bring up is proper training of the team that's going to do the 5s training is yeah training is pretty Relatively simple for a, a 5S group, but you need to pull pull the people together, and you and you pretty much say, you know, hey, we're going to start a 5S project. Here's what 5S looks like. Here's some rules around doing 5S. So there are some some uh, basic rules that that 5S tries to teach people when they go down that go go down the avenue of 5S. One of them would be. Um, uh, trying to think of the least expensive way to solve a problem. You know, don't always just spend a ton of money to throw it into the area. Um, right. You know, think of, you know, you know, ways of solving, you know, solving problems. Uh, when, when we did the 5S um, for our material control zone, one of the things that the guys came up with was, you know, hey, we need a way of, of ensuring that we've got the proper amount of boxes with the different sizes. So I said, well, underneath the table, we could set up something that would section off and we have, you know, a stack of 10 or 15 boxes that are of each size that are underneath there. And one of the things I showed them was how we could take some, just some simple PVC and make a, you know, they were originally wanting to weld up something and paint it and all this kind of stuff. And I showed them how they could use some simple PVC to build up a frame and just have it sit under that table, and now they've got a nice little, you know, way of dividing up their boxes. But reusing things, you know, that's another another mm-hmm. you know concept of of five S. Um, like you said, using it in other areas don't necessarily you know throw it away. You might might be able to use it in another area, you know, sell it, you know, things like that. But I think training has got to you've got to start with training first. Yeah, making sure it's clear as to what. What needs to be done and what the outcome what, needs to be. What the goal is, yeah. 
Yeah. Here's here's another question, and then maybe that's what I'll, I'll keep this going by asking questions. Do you ever have a zone with only one person in a zone? Okay, as far as assignment goes, there's always only one person that owns the zone. That owns it. But that owns it. Through, but as right. far as working in it, no. There, no, there's several people that work in a zone. And I think I know where you're going to go with this question, but go ahead. Well, I don't know. Where oh, I, go I, th- I thought maybe you were going to ask me if that person is messing up the zone and a different person owns it. Does that create a problem? No, I would hope that, that, that that's not a uh, that that's not a problem. No, oh, because not yet, because we were worried about that a little bit, but that's part of the culture that's changing because pretty much everybody owns a zone, so they realized I think somebody's I think their light bulbs went off is that, you know, hey, if I don't take care of this guy's area, he might not take care of mine. You know? <laughs> so everybody's got a zone that they've been assigned. Uh, you know, and you may not always be able to do that. Maybe, you know, you can have two people assigned to a zone, but once you start getting more than two people, you start running into difficulties of those two people, what, you know, what's important, what's responsible for what, you know, things like that. So yeah, you need to be able to look at an accountable person. Yeah. And and usually it's, it's the people that you're wanting to, you know, elevate for that certain thing or, you know, give them some responsibility, stuff like that. All right, one more question then on your your standard work uh-huh. documents. Who wrote those? So, since this is a a shop environment, these these guys don't have access to a computer, and nor do you necessarily want to uh, train them to do word word skills yeah. or things like that. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, uh, us in the front office, myself, the production guy, or the engineering guy would write them, review it with the owner, and then make sure it made sense, and then revise it. So we help okay, them so out. Where I was going with that one, though, is is the input from the guys that are that are working in that zone, uh-huh. I would imagine, is critical sure. to, to uh, being clear on what work has to be done and what should be standard work in that zone. Yes. And so definitely getting feedback to build build that standard work is important. Now, I will say that we've written some standard work and, and had to revise them a couple times, you know, because somebody would come along and say, hey, y'all forgot about this or you forgot about that. So we have had to write, uh, revise them. But to me, that's a good thing because they're looking at them. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the fact yeah, that they told me is that they're actually looking at them. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's one thing that I do believe in. The, the buy-in has to come from... The, the working level in a, in an area in a zone that, yeah. that they've got to be the developers of how they should be working. Now, I think in the beginning, that input can be taken and you just press the I believe button and just say, okay, this is the way it goes. If, if you, especially if you're coming new into an organization, hey, that's the way it's done. Okay, fine. Then let's, let's just make this the standard work. And then as you sustain, you go back through and say, okay, well, how can we improve whatever you're doing once once you, you understand a little bit more and measure what goes on in a particular zone or through the whole environment. Now, one of the things I did do with that standard work um, was I bought these um, uh, uh, magnet ring binders um, that have magnets on them with just the, the, the paper rings, mm-hmm. and I laminate the standard work, and so it hangs out there in the zone 
right there, very visible for people to be able to flip through and see like the safety topics, the standard work for the zone, and some other key documents like our, you know, like our safety statement and some things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that way, in that zone, they have all the paperwork they need uh, to manage and function within that zone. Good. So, so yeah. that works out. That works out very nicely. And that's probably a training tool if you had somebody new in that zone. Exactly. There, mm-hmm. and in fact, if there's any uh, pieces of equipment in that zone, so so one of the zones we have is the uh, metal rack zone, which also includes the the uh, horizontal saw, big horizontal saw mm-hmm. cutter. There uh, on that ring binder are the instructions and the safety requirements for how to function and, and work with that horizontal saw. It explains how to work it and it explains how to work it safely. Good. So. So it's it's got some uh, some good information like that. Um, I think the uh, the other thing that is a big part of uh, completing out these five S activities is then coming up behind it at some point or another and performing five S audits. I think you've got to have that because if you don't, uh, things just naturally tend to. Uh, uh, that's kind of to me. That's kind of the icing on the cake as far as getting it ingrained with people. Because if you do it and then you stop right there, uh, people have a tendency to kind of start to roll slowly, roll backwards. Mm-hmm. If they know you're auditing, you know it could be once a quarter, you know twice a year. Doesn't have to be that often. But if they know you're auditing these areas, then you're much more likely to um, keep it going. And making sure that it stays and it stays for the long haul, long term, not just for the short term. It doesn't stick around for a year and fall away. It sticks around for forever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You get what you measure. We've said that before. You definitely get what you measure. But the, the ultimate goal, and you know that you've got success, is when this becomes a way of life. Uh-huh. And when it's a way of life, then everybody everybody buys in. You, and what you would expect is somebody walking through a zone, and if if there's a an area for a cart, you know, a push cart or something like that, and it's not, and it's the end of the day, and it's not in its designated area, that somebody will, you know, the person walking through will take it and put that cart in the area that it belongs, yeah. or like garbage cans or something like that. The garbage can is is out of its designated area. Anybody should should know that hey, that belongs in that spot. Put it in the spot. You know, some of the the visual activities that that need to take place when you're doing a 5S, uh, you know, during that, you know, standardized, during that standardized phase, you know, is, um, you know, oftentimes we see shadow boards. That's Mm -hmm. a big one. Um, Oftentimes you'll see a lot of labeling. Um, You'll see what we call, uh, you know, parking spots, making sure some of the rolling equipment, like all of our garbage cans, we've got those big, large garbage cans, they're all on wheels so that they can roll them close to themselves, things like that. But they all have parking spaces when they're done. That's good. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, some of the equipment that we move around with our forklifts all have a parking spot that they go back to when they're done. You know, so I think that that's important. In fact, we even did one area... Uh, some of the larger hand tools, we created a big shadow board and we didn't label it yet. And after a month, that board turned into a mess. You know, it just, 
it went right back to a mess. So, you know, in fact, yesterday we were talking about we're going to have to revisit that because we didn't get it labeled quick enough and people are kind of forgetting where things are going and they just kind of set it on the floor for the time being and and say they're going to figure it out later well after a while it just turns into a mess so that's kind of a fine example of not completing out the process and then you get what you get when you when you uh you know don't fully complete and and finish out the 5s you know Mm -hmm. so you know i think as far as you know how long 5s's take i think you made a valid point earlier you know, they take as long as they need to do them right. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's the key. Do them complete and make sure you go all the way through the, the five stages. And then after that, follow up with some sort of auditing program. I think that that would be my, uh, you know, suggestion. Um, one of the other questions we had here was, uh, do you need leadership buy-in other than if you're going to have a quality system in place, I would say no, uh, that 5S is just one of those things that you should be doing anyways. And, and you're doing it just because, you know, um, the, the natural tendency is not to think in a clean and organized manner sometimes. You know, you don't have a building full of uh, clean freaks. So, you know, because of that, you, you have to come up with things like 5S and and that starts to show people how important it is. Not that you're going to change everybody to a bunch of clean freaks, but you are going to get people into habits of, of importance, not only doing their job, but keeping their area straight, keeping it clean, keeping it, you know. Well, one area of, of um, the whole idea of 5S2 is safety. If you have a, a cleaner, organized area, it will be more safe. Sure. And, and so, you know, do, do you need upper management buy-in? Whether it's buy-in or or uh, support, you should always you should always have that support. And, and I can't imagine why our management would not support something like this for the reasons that we've already we've already discussed. Because the thing is, when you, when you think about it, it's a matter of the time mm-hmm. to do it, but but it's a time investment because because what you're doing is you're leaning out wasted time. So that's that's an investment that you can put a dollar value to. Um, and then the other thing too is there's very little capital cost to do a 5S project. You have labeling. You might have you might have to buy some shelving or build some shelving or buy some raw materials to to organize. But it is not a a capital intensive uh, project. No. In order to in order to help you save money in the long run. Even some and, of the even some of the projects we've taken on, they haven't been you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like one of the zones we're working on right now is a is a testing zone where we want to test our products. So we want to have certain things back there, such as air connections, water connections. We want to have junction boxes and stuff for large electrical connections so that we can have an area for doing two things, testing the equipment out of the production area and have an area where the customer can literally come and sit while the testing is being done, they have a nice place to, to, to sit and look at the product, a place where we can actually take good pictures of the product, a very, very nice area. So some of the things we're wanting to do is, you know, we want to paint the floor back there so that it looks really nice. And another thing we're doing is we're actually sheetrocking one of the walls. One of the walls is already sheetrocked, but the other wall is a manufacturing type wall where it's got the Mm -hmm. chicken wire so we're sheetrocking over that so that we have kind of a nice background it's where we're going to hang our 
you know, our, our certification standard once we receive it. You know, so it's a very nice presentation area. And uh, so we are putting a little bit of money into doing that, like, but we're studding out the wall ourselves and, you know, hanging the sheetrock and all that kind of stuff ourselves. And we're actually going to do some diamond plate at the bottom, you know, so it looks very industrial and, and you know, <laughs> kind of clean Diamond's looking. Good and clean. Yeah, yeah. Clean, very clean looking. So there'd be a little bit of money in it. Um, you know, we're going to do that uh, stainless steel tilted shelving uh, where it's on wheels, uh, but we're going to do shadow foam on that tilted wireframe shelving. And, uh, you know, the I think the shelving is like 200 bucks and the foam work will probably, I don't know how much the foam work will be, but, you know, it would be very visual. It won't be stuck in cabinets or anything like that. We'll have Which, any- you know, all, all plays to your customer satisfaction. If you've got a customer they're looking for testing and they see a nice clean shop and a good area where they can they can view the product, uh-huh. that, that gives them that gives them confidence. That's an intangible that you really can't put a, a price tag on because if if you've got a competitor, have they done the same thing and impressed the customer as much as you have in order to get that next order? Right. Agreed. You know? Yeah. It all plays into. It. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, is there any other topics on this you want to go over? Yeah, you know, we could we could definitely spend some more time, and perhaps uh, you know, we talked about this earlier that if if we should split it up, maybe it would be a good thing to split this up between two two sessions. Um, mm-hmm. We could get a little bit more deeper into how do you red tag under the sort? You yeah, know? How, how do you red tag things and move things out? One of the things that I wanted to discuss a little bit more is um, even though you even though you five s a zone at a time, you have to have an overarching view of what the place looks like and what the end result needs to be. Because if you do have equipment or components or parts in a certain area and it doesn't belong in that area and it does belong someplace else, you don't want to just, you just don't, you don't want to pile stuff into somebody else's area. And then when you get to that, to five essay, now you got this big pile of mess mm-hmm. that, that now has to be gone through again in order to lean out the process you don't want to you don't want to be touching things four and five different times yeah yeah so i would agree so so you have to have an over an overview of what the the ultimate plan should be and and i think that can develop as you as you work through each zone but but uh you know you just can't willy-nilly discard things out of a certain zone and then think okay well i'll clean it up because then you just basically you push the pile of dirt around the shop until you get to the end and then out the door. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you're working towards the doors. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, not yeah. Paint, not painting yourself in the corner. <laughs> exactly. So, so, um, so we'll make the decision as to whether we need to uh, go a little bit deeper uh, in our next session. Uh, why don't we go ahead and go into our uh, picks of the week. Do uh, you want to go first? Sure. I'll, I'll go first. And, you know, we were talking earlier and, and I might have – used this book earlier, but I do want to bring up a point. Um, the book, the book was uh, fierce conversations by Susan Scott. And one of the, the lessons that I learned out of it that I, I use to this day and I use it, uh, by habit is the, the decision tree in dealing with people as to whether, as to whether you, you have leaf decisions and who, who, decides at a leaf decision, a branch decision, a trunk decision, and a root decision. And so when we talk about 5S in area, when it comes to keeping it clean or, or deciding on whether you keep something and not keep something, 
the the leadership should be clear to the people that are that are in that area as to what are the leaf decisions. So one of the things that they can do and decide under the rules of their area without even letting you as the manager know what are the things that that um, they decide, but then they inform you on. That's a branch decision. A trunk decision is that they decide, but you have to approve. And then a root decision is they make recommendations and then you make the decision. Okay. So, so, so making sure that the, the, the person is clear on how much authority and accountability they have to get things done in their area is, is I think, very important. So if uh, we need a refresher, go back to Susan Scott's book and, and especially look at that section there because I thought it was very good. So my pick this week is um, I was at a convention for a couple days, and, of course, they always bring in the motivational speakers to, uh, in this case, one motivational speaker, uh, to kind of um, pick you up and, you know, get you going and, you know, get your spirits high, whatever you want to call it. But motivate you. <laughs> yeah, motivate you. So uh, this gentleman is actually a comedian slash motivational speaker, and actually it was very good. His name is Garrison Wynn. And he does have a website if you want to go to garrisonwin.com. And Win is W-Y-N-N. Um, uh, so if you're looking for a motivational speaker, um, this one was definitely one that kept my attention the whole time and was very uh, enjoyable to listen to. So he's even on his website, he's even got an example of his uh, um, his style, so to speak, which is much different than a lot of people that I've ever heard as far as motivational speaking. So anyways, that's my pick of the week. So uh, with that, we will let you all go, and we hope to see you all next week here on Man vs. Business. Thank you all. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man vs. Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week.